Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chen Renee. And today, today, I have Miss Arabia Patterson and Dinesha Clark, you guys. They are from Save Girls Save the World. They are interns such as myself. And uh, this is yet again another installment with this amazing and beautiful organization that helps HBC, HBCU women and with mentorship programs and just teaching us how to become upsetting women in our society. So today, if you guys remember from the last episode, we were talking more about uh, like abortion laws and things like that and like Roe v. Wade being turned over and our thoughts on that. But today we're gonna touch on a similar topic involving women and our menstrual cycles, yeah! So <laughs> we're gonna be talking about PMD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And we're just going to be talking about how this has affected women, why many people don't really know about it in general, because I didn't even know about it until last episode when we mentioned it in like one of the articles, but I'm excited to get into it. So excuse my long intro, but please help me give a warm welcome to Miss Arady Patterson and Dinesha Clark, everyone. Yes. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> so Dinesha has been on here once, but Arabia. She's new, and I'm like so excited to have you both on again. So I'm going to have you guys give like a brief little description of who you guys are, where you're from, where you went to school, or where you're currently going to school, the whole shebang. Danisha, why don't you start us off? Okay, I am Danisha Clark. Um, I am a graduate of Clark Atlanta University, where I got Her. my BA in Mass Media Arts in mm-hmm. 2021, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm currently an intern for Save a Girl, Save the World in a HBCU recruitment intern for Speak Up. Well, the Speak Up project, rather. And I'm from Nashville. <laughs> Thank you for adding that one part. <laughs> I was trying to remember everything. Arabia, how, how about you? Hi, my name is Arabia, and I have been a part of Save a Girl since 2015 as a mentee, and then I just, I was stuck like Chuck, so I started at Bennett College, and I graduated in 2019 um, with my BS in biology, and then my BAS in women's studies, and then I went to Morehouse School of Medicine to get my MPH degree, and I finished that in 2021, and now I'm at the University of Louisville getting my PhD in public health. Dr. Patterson on the way. <laughs> on the road, let's Hopefully go. coming soon. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm so proud of you guys and everything that you guys have done, and you guys, we were having like the best icebreaker before we started this conversation. Like We were like just on the call, you know, like trying to warm up and things like that. And we just started talking about braces. And I just think that is a really fun note to add before we begin. <laughs> just to let you guys know the kind of vibes that we're on today. Uh, but let's get back on track. And I want to start talking about, you know, like what PMDD is, pre- premenstrual dysphoric disorder is, and just like, you know, what this means for women, how many people actually experience this and why people may not know that it's going on in general. Uh, so Radia, maybe you can start us off with this. Uh, so what is uh, PMDD and what does this mean for uh, women? So PMDD, um, like you said, premenstrual dysphoric disorder is really a more severe form of PMS, but it just has more, um, it comes with like extreme irritability, anxiety, and depression. So it takes, it's PMS, but kind of like times a thousand. Times a thousand, right? Have you seen the movie Turning Red? 
I have. So it's like turning red meets Diary of a Mad Black Woman, that closet scene when she was ripping the clothes. It's like those two have met. <laughs> it's like those two things like have met oh. and it's just in one person at one time. So it really, it's the same kind of like physical and emotional symptoms of PMS, but just they're more severe in the fact that it can disrupt like your daily life. So like mm-hmm. going to work, hanging out with friends and even the way that you think and interact and feel about yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah, literally. Yeah. So uh not not very fun. Not not, not very, fun at all. Not comfortable. <laughs> um, but Dinesha, I, I also would like to open the floor to you to describe your experience uh, with PMDD and how you decided to open up about your story. So take the floor. <laughs> um, so my experience has been a roller coaster, to be honest. So I was diagnosed when I was probably about like 10. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of like remedies for me. And I hadn't even had my actual first menstrual cycle, like the whole bleeding thing. I was just suffering like the hormonal side of it. Mm-hmm. So very stressful for a 10 year old. But I, I can imagine like that's some, like fourth grade. Right. And so mm-hmm. they just prescribed me some like ibuprofen. It was just like, you know, you know, do your best. Mm-hmm. And so puberty high school, college was all like a consistent emotional roller coaster, the physical pain, the psychological like effects, like how everything it is. And then it's like, you're so fixated on everything because it's like, you know, no one else is going through these type of cycles. Like no Mm -hmm. one else's body is doing all these weird things, like the fluid retention, like everybody else is getting all these summer bars and you cannot get one. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, but yeah. research has come a long way. God is good. So <laughs> Amen. That's my experience. And, you know, like I can only like, you know, imagine what that's like and, you know, growing up and, you know, enjoying this part of being a woman and just being like learning more about it and seeing, you know, the effects of it. And, you know, like it's because so, sometimes TikTok, I have a love-hate relationship with it, but sometimes it has really good information with people who go on there and start talking about, you know, periods and like openly. So I'm like sitting at the edge of my seat and I'm like, please tell me about period struggle because I cannot deal with this, you know? But mm-hmm. I can only imagine being at your age and, you know, having like like migraines or like um, yes. having these mood swings and things like that. And just like people thinking you're being, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like overdramatic. Yes. And, you know, especially at a young age, like 10 years old, like you most people feel like they probably can't express emotion and stuff like very like professionally and be taken seriously so really it's just like oh she's like 10 years old she's going through like I don't know some kind of phase that's what I believe people would really perceive that as uh, did you kind of experience that if someone thought you're being over dramatic or you know like you said like people are just telling you know like take your ibuprofen you'll be good but have you ever experienced where someone just really kind of put you down in a way because of you having a PMDD? Absolutely. Um, growing up, especially, I was like, how you were saying, like, you know, like, it's always dramatic. It's always this and that. I was always labeled as like sickly. And so it's just like, sickly? oh, she's sick again. Yes. No. Because when I was like a baby, I would get sick a lot. And mm-hmm. so in their head, it's just like, oh, she's just getting sick all the time. Like, that's nothing. And it's just like, gets rolled off anyways, which mm-hmm. is weird because then it makes you think about people who have more severe like illnesses that they deal with daily and how people just write it off as like oh whatever and mm-hmm. I'm like that's just it's an interesting thing to be witnessing mm-hmm. but 
trying to do sports or trying to be in different social groups and not being able to like control your like emotional outbursts or when you just don't feel like doing something anymore, like the anxiety, the depression, and then the physical symptoms on top of the mental and psychological symptoms like mm-hmm. the migraines. And I was glad that you brought that up because I think I had my first migraine in like kindergarten and you know, they just gave me some medicine and no one thought anything about it. And then from like fifth grade until like my sophomore year of college, I had migraines like all the time. And it wasn't until we got ready to do the article and they updated all this research that I realized that it was because of the PMDD the whole time. So Whoa. things like that, like had people not wrote it off so much, like when I would go to the doctors and complain about symptoms and things like that maybe someone could have looked harder, found more remedies or, you know, prescriptions and things that could have helped me have like a better life experience. But Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. And like, oh my gosh, like kindergarten. See now to me, this may sound like, I don't know, but I will take a headache over a stomach ache any day and you kind of get both when it comes to like a period you know like you have the headaches and then you have like the menstrual cramps which I'm so sorry I will take a headache over that any day but like having like a migraine I honestly can't say I've actually ever had one um if I have like honestly look 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 if it's anything like having like cramps with like for your head (laughs) (laughs) but I can, again, like, only imagine, like, what that would be like, and, you know, just, like you said, like, feeling like you don't have control of your emotions, because, like, not only are people calling you overdramatic, they're being seen as someone who's causing a scene, when really it's not really your fault, and, you know, after reading the article that you, that you and Arabia co-wrote, just finding out that there's not much information as to why PMD actually happens. Is it a genetic thing? Is it something that just kind of grows from having your period? Like, I wonder why that is, you know, it's kind of unfortunate. And maybe as the years go on, we can figure out why. And Mm -hmm. isn't it also like three to 8% of women that have uh, their cycle that have PMDD? Yes. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and I it's it's I honestly I think it's probably a genetic predisposition, but it's not because it's not a hormonal imbalance. It's more of a neurological reaction, and your body being extra sensitive to the rise and fall of estrogen and progesterone during your period. So, like the being super sensitive to those hormonal changes that are normal that happen every month. So, you got a a little ways to go in medicine. Mm-hmm. A little ways, a little ways, but you're doing your part. And, you know, like after reading your article and then like having conversations like these, I'm learning more and more every day about these things and being able to raise awareness about it, which is why I love to have you guys on the podcast and talk about these kinds of things to let other people in the know as well. Um, but I also want to know, like, why do you think most women, um, like I just said, I didn't find out about this until like last month of what PMDD was, why do you think it is that most women don't really know about like PMDD and, you know, like uh, from speaking from Dinesha's experience, she knew after all these years of having like migraines and cramps and things like that, that was because of her PMDD. So why do we think that this kind of misinformation or maybe like lack of communication of this is so set in stone? And 
what do you think we can do to change that? Arabia, you can take this one. Um, I think a lot of it is really just the dialogue around menstrual cycles and women's health mm-hmm. in general. Like we don't really talk about it. We don't have the the dialogue, the current dialogue is like, oh, well, you know, cramps, all those things that just come along with it, you know, if you, if whatever, you know, so like for Danisha experience, that was a very severe form of mixture cramps and all the, the PMS and stuff, which is really PMDD, but I don't think we really, I feel like after you get over the age of like, you know, 15, nobody is talking to you about a period anymore. Like no one is, you know, no one is checking in to see how you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like no one is. And then even in those schools, the way that, that schools do sex ed and reproductive health is really, you're just like, okay, this is what happens. And then abstinence. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and then in black families, we just, I think we have a tendency to kind of normalize things that aren't normal and that shouldn't be normalized and right I don't I kind of we just kind of push the suffering under the rug and like you know just equate it to being normal and this is what all women go through and you know Mm -hmm. my mom suffered so you know it's not that bad at least you can you know at least you guys have you know birth control pills these days is what my grandma told me when I was telling her how bad mine were she's like well you know you can get on birth control so it's just kind of like it's always like a band-aid effect. It's never really. Yeah. Like, there's always like that conversation and just like, you know, oh, you're having period cramps. Oh, here, here's something that's supposed to help you from like lessening the chance of having a kid instead of finding something else that will help correct any kind of hormonal issue. And yeah, that's, what, that's it's not really adding up. Control at it. And birth control does not work for everyone. Exactly. Like, in like the way your body reacts to certain things, like you can try one birth control and feel perfectly fine and then try another one and you know want to go on a murder spree like yeah so many factors mm-hmm. in that and I think birth control has kind of been like the one one solution to everything regarding women's health like okay just get on birth control but you know what if I want you to get to the root cause of it instead of just giving me a solution I think right now a lot of women and menstruating people are kind of you know okay I don't want to take birth control I don't want to do that just yet can we look and see can we do labs to see if you know I'm having another underlying issue that's causing this mm-hmm. right or like suppose that you actually do want to you know have a kid and you being on birth control it kind of eliminates that fact so it's just kind of like do I try to have this kid and suffer from my period cramps that no one knows what's wrong or do I you know just deal with it and take the pills and you know just kind of work through it that way and you know just like having that whole conversation is kind of like you know upsetting but for right. me personally um uh, sometimes like me and my friend when I was younger it was a super sensitive topic like you know just like I didn't really go around asking like when did you guys get your period you know like it just it's not so, like something that's really t- talked about openly um but as like I'm growing up it's kind of like more in like a casual conversation especially with my girlfriends um but sometimes with my guy friends like I remember one day at school this year like I was having mad cramps which was kind of out of the norm for like the past couple like cycles I've had I'm like mm. This is kind of different. I haven't had cramps in a minute. So like I, I kind of looked like disgruntled and they're like, Sydney, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm having period cramps. And like, they were actually, this, these are my guy friends. They're like actually being really nice about it. They're like, do you need a water or something? I'm like, I'm good. Thanks though. Like, so I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit more open to it, but sometimes there's like the jokes here and there. Just like, oh, she's on her period. Like, 
letter act. Yeah. Leave yeah. me alone. And Leave me you alone. Do that, I just feel like we've like said like everything, every time a woman quote unquote has an attitude or she's moody. Oh, she's, she's on her period. period. But I'm like, oh. that's just so reductive. And like, that who is so started, who said that? Like, oh. I mean, it's like minimizing the period. That. Like, yes, it comes 12 times a year. We see it every month, but that doesn't mean that we're supposed to just suffer. Like, right. But I think we've normalized that. Like, you know, women going to work on their periods and, you know, doing functioning and act, not to say that you aren't normal on your period, but I feel like we should really get period leave. I will take that. I will literally, even though I'm the type of person, I love to get to the money. Okay. Let's get to the money all the time. But if my cramps and stuff are like, when they start getting to those points, I'll take off. Right. Right. Take off. I'm, and I think if you have PMDD, I feel like you should take off because at the at this point, your mental health, you're not your normal self. Honestly. It's not yeah. your fault. Honestly. Because mm-hmm. like, there are those days where like the cramps are so bad and you can't even reach for like the bottle of Advil to take something for it. Like, and, you know, just, just like imagining that and just being like, oh, she's fine. Like just, she's just having cramps. She's just having one of those days. Don't rub like, it ain't this rug. one of those days. It's okay. not. It really isn't. <laughs> I ain't had a day like this in in, in years. This is painful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But thank you guys so much for joining yes. me in this first half of the conversation. We're already, I already told you guys this is how it's going to be. But again, for you guys listening, we're talking about like PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I encourage you all to please do your research and I will be providing you to do this at the end of the episode as well. Especially if you're a woman get in the know, be notified about what's going on with you and your bodies and just like try and stay aware with everything that's going on. But thank you both Aradia and Dinesha for joining me thus far. And we'll be right back after this break. Of course. Thanks for having me. Have you put in place the tools and marketing strategies that will drive the revenue and growth outcomes for your business? Are you looking to expand your brand and image nationally and globally? Commercials, podcasting, graphics, and marketing support are just some of the ways we can dress up your business for prime time. We are EliteConversations.com. To learn more about us, check us out at EliteConversations.com, our website, email us at ecpodcastmedia at gmail.com, or call us at 301-900-5703. There are many people that need to know about the wonderful products and services you have to offer. Let Elite Conversations help you to get the word out. This is Sydney Cherlone, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Arabia and Dinesha, and we're just talking about PMDD, our experiences, and any misconceptions that have been going on surrounding that conversation. But let's get back into it. So, Dinesha, uh, so as you graduated from Clark Atlanta, period, um, uh, how, how has PMDD 
affected you and or others on your HBCU campus? Um, and like, how did you see that like affect everyone around you? Um, well, because I didn't really like speak about my PMDD in college, mm-hmm. I don't know who else around me actually had PMDD. However, mm-hmm. just because of like the type of sisterly environment that I was in, we didn't mind talking about like cycles and things like that. And mm-hmm. so the conversation often turns to, you know, like I wish we could have, you know, excuse absences for like those really bad period days mm-hmm. or, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you participate in these different types of conversations about like, menstruals, reproductive, things like that. And just hearing other people's experience makes you look at your own, like, okay, so maybe this is a little off normal. This is a little not normal. Maybe I should, you know, get this checked out. Mm-hmm. And so it shows that there's a value in conversation. Um, and with that being said, like having those like professors who were able to understand that, like, yes, I would love to be super active in class today, but like... <laughs> I'm going through it, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm doing my best. And, you know, those who understood that it was something that was out of my control. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad, like you said, you were able to kind of have that kind of sisterly environment and had teachers mm-hmm. that understood and were just kind of like, okay, like take it easy. And, you know, like having that kind of communication. And we kind of talked about this in the first half. And it's just kind of like, while we're having these conversations, we're kind of comparing. And it's just kind of like, oh, you're, that's like that for you that's not what it's like for me is there something wrong you know and it's just kind of like learning from each other and that way just like things that help to work better or just like you know I use like a heating bat or like this person does this kind of thing to kind of like lighten the load a little bit and this part of being a woman but um again I'm really happy that you're able to have those conversations and kind of see through like the negative effects of PMDD and make your days like a little bit brighter but I'm sure like here and there there were the days where that people just didn't really understand or you know it was just kind of one of those days where people just kind of looked at you sideways just like it's not my fault I promise you it's not my fault but you like being able to like see through that I'm really proud of you for that so y'all can't see me but I'm giving that a hug (laughs) reciprocating (laughs) um so Arabia this one this next one is for you um so are there any remedies to this disorder I know we talked about again in the first half about how there's not really a reason as to why this happens whether whether it's like neurological or genetic um but what are some remedies that people like Dinesha can use to kind of make the process a little easier Okay, yeah. So there are a lot of a few things like things that you would normally do for your period. So I know around that time, a lot of us crave sugar, salt, caffeine, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little alcohol, but limiting those things would be a little, would be a bit helpful because those things are kind of inflammatory. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of those things are, are inflammatory mm-hmm. responses. So mm-hmm. having a diet, a well-balanced diet of, you know, carbs, fat, protein, what else? Carbs, fat, protein. What's the other one? You know, healthy fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a good diet, regular exercise. I know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not good at that either. Like on my period, I want the heated pad and I want the <gasps> Right. Just wanted to sit. And I want to I want to lay down but I when I was in college we had a yoga class and I did that and if we ever we were on our cycles we still had to come because that, that was required but we um were able to have like this little it was a little um 
a little swap thing that she made. And if you were like a red side was on your period and the purple side was you didn't feel well, but you still had to participate. And I will say after that yoga class, like I felt better, like the muscles, because, you know, usually you want to crawl into a ball, but doing yoga, you open up those muscles and, you know, you, your body kind of relaxes a bit. So Mm. regular exercise helps. And then stress management, of course, a lot of that real bad, real bad bads. make it make the bath like throw the rose petals do the milk do the whatever yeah stretch bath bombs Mm -hmm. do the whole thing candles yeah i just put my phone on D for like the whole not the whole week but like at least the first two days because those are when like cramps and stuff are the worst i just cannot be bothered Mm -hmm. please don't call me don't write me don't don't look at me don't do nothing just Mm -hmm. let me be Mm-hmm. And then, like, some vitamins and stuff will help. I know that, um, what's a good one? Even in primrose oil is a good vitamin. You want to make sure your vitamin D is good. You know, most Black people, you know, our vitamin D is low. And you <laughs> got to come up on the fall of winter, so y'all get your vitamin D levels checked, especially if you have uh, seasonal depression and stuff. Um, vitamin B for energy. Girl, me too. I was like, why am I so sad? <laughs> right. Like, like the end of November, which kind of sucks. The end of November is my birthday. I, like it just starts. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I'm like, this isn't, I don't like this. Um, Especially in junior year. That's yeah. and now I will say if you have really, really like if your symptoms are really, really bad, then you can um birth control is an option and then they have selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yes. And they're kind of like um antidepressants that replace the serotonin that is missing or that has decreased in the during the PMDD uh phase. And mm-hmm. you can like take it with the birth control. I'm actually looking yeah. into that now. You can take it with certain birth controls and it'll like counteract the part of the birth control that makes you wow so yeah because what's happening i think the more you know i guess yeah the serotonin level so serotonin is kind of like the happy hormone is kind of will have neurotransmitter and so it's kind of like decreasing during that because Mm -hmm. the neurotransmitters are out of whack so the reuptake will kind of replenish it Mm -hmm. yeah that's good to know and i'm going to use all those remedies even though someone would like I guess, I guess regular PMS. Um, I'm definitely going to be taking some, some of those like suggestions, especially when it, when it comes to stress management. So I tell you, junior year, I don't know if it's going to defeat me or if I was going to defeat it. We did it though. Senior year starting. And so I'm de- definitely going to like learn these remedies and just figure out ways to kind of learn like, okay, this is the time of month where I know things get a little bit hectic or around those winters, winter months, like you said, like the seasonal depression starts, which is kind of like, all right, what are we going to do to kind of eliminate some of the lower days just to make things go a little bit easier, especially when I'm trying to focus on school more. Yeah. Um, so Season depression was awful. I think I've always had awful. it since college, but I think I moved up to Kentucky for school and this is my first time like living like alone, alone. I have no family here. And then mm-hmm. I think that was probably the worst seasonal depression I've ever had. And it lasted for a very long time. A long time. I hate Louisville winters are depressing. It is so depressing. It's so it cold. It's a cold, cold city. It is a it cold, is cold so city. Dark. It is so it's gloomy. Like <laughs> it, it is like Gotham. Dark. Yes. Louisville Gotham? is like Gotham. I lived there in fourth grade and I was and that's probably in my head. I was thinking I was living in Gotham, but I had PMD. <laughs> but no, I was in Gotham. And I'm from South Carolina. 
I'm from South Carolina, so moving up here, and I went to school in North Carolina and Georgia. So moving up here, it was just kind of like, oh my God, it's dark at 4 30. There are no street lights. Yes. And it's like, so just grass trees. Um, what is it? The daylight savings? Are we not doing that anymore? Okay, but that don't mean nothing because nature gonna do what it does. <laughs> exactly. What it's doing. So <laughs> that's just man trying to do man stuff, but yeah, nature, nature. is nature. 4 30 is crazy. It was uh-uh. bad. Y'all can y'all can have that. I will stick to my my Maryland weather. I guess we're considered northerners. We're we're I think we're up and do not roll your eyes. Y'all are northerners of the south. Y'all are below the Mason Dixon. They are the northerners of the south because I'm from the south south and I was up there like (laughs) (laughs) wow. (laughs) Goodbye, goodbye. Mm Mm-mm. We had some cold winters. We had some cold winters. I anyway, do, I think you should do a podcast. The next one on P- on um, seasonal depression. I was, you know, what, I'll do that. And honestly, if you guys want to come back, door is open. Have a seat. Mic is on. We can talk about it. We definitely can. I believe you. Yay! <laughs> uh, but moving on, y'all. I told you we like to go tangents. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Okay, so Arivia, how does your focus on dualist and maternal, excuse me, yeah, maternal mortality among low-income African American women from your research provide you with a new perspective on PMDD? Yeah, so I feel like I've always been interested in women's health and like women's reproductive health and then adolescent and maternal health. And then um PMDD was pretty re I think I knew about it maybe like in grad school, just from like research and always having to look stuff up but now I'm looking I'm wanting to understand more about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders so like postpartum depression and like um perinatal anxiety during the pregnancy and then after the pregnancy and I'm wondering if there's a link between PMDD and then women who have um those mood disorders Mm -hmm. and I feel like if we were to able if we treated women through the life course perspective so like looking at their whole life and looking to see where things like, you know, what events and like what is happening in their environment to cause them to have these issues, where could mm-hmm. we place, you know, interventions and have prevention measures so that once they become pregnant or once they start to go through, um, you know, their menstrual cycles and menarche, that what would that look like if we put those in place? How would that affect their perinatal outcomes and then they're you know potentially having postpartum depression I feel like postpartum depression has come up so much lately because people have been talking about it more but then like we still don't talk about PMDD and I'm wondering if there's a link between the two or you know even if what does support look like for people who have postpartum depression and perinatal mood disorders and then PMDD if we can start it from the if we can if we can get a handle on PMDD then just imagine what we could do for postpartum depression and mm-hmm. perinatal mood disorders mm-hmm. yeah. see I'm glad you brought that up because I have want to talk about that for a minute <laughs> uh, but I wanted to know like what does a support system look like maybe I think you can take this one on having PMDD like what do you expect from your circle that will make you feel supported into uh having something like this mm, that's a good question we put that in the article we I did heard. and I read it yeah. and I already know the answer I just want to give you a new perspective <laughs> <laughs> um I say being an understanding person even if you don't understand like even if you can't relate to the extreme 
extremities of like mm-hmm. the symptoms and the things that we're going through, like the issues that we have, allowing us to vent to you maybe and you not judge us or, you know, say that we're being dramatic, just that and the third, or just being, you know, like you said earlier, like, hey, you need a water, hey, you need a heating pad, mm-hmm. like being assistive. It's like, even though, yes, life goes on, yes, you know, some people go through the same thing, but it's like, you're going through this right now. Mm-hmm. Here's what I can do to be a friend, to be a understanding, you know, support system and help you out. So that's the yeah. best way. And just be supportive, be understanding, I, be listening. But I think that like, if I'm a friend and you have PMDD and you are over there going, if you don't give me an actionable request, like, hey, Arabia, um, I'm having a flare up or, you know, I'm having a PMDD mm-hmm. episode. I don't want to say episode, but you know, my PD, PMDD is flaring. This is what support looks like to me at this time. Do you, can you, you know, I think like actionable things, you know, cause sometimes mm-hmm. we want to be mind readers and we want them to like, well, yeah. I can't, tra- I'm not, I can't track your period and my period and your symptoms. <laughs> so I think like maybe, amongst friend groups I think one I think having friend groups are important just or, mm-hmm. or tribe or whatever it's just important mm-hmm. just, we're not meant to live life and endure everything alone mm-hmm. um so I think like having understandings of and then having like real clear conversations like this is what I need I'm not trying to be needy but I am a human and I I have needs that need to be met at this time this yeah. is what some of those things are Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we kind of, as Black women, we kind of just don't want to say anything. We just want to endure it and you don't want yeah. to be business. But I said, yeah. if you need help, you need to yell at me. Because sometimes, girl, you know, my eyes cross, my ear is just too much going on. You mm-hmm. need to yell. You need to yell at me, blow my phone up. You know, I think just kind of inviting people into your life and into that aspect of your life is helpful. But then also having grace. Because sometimes yes. some people are at capacity and they may not have it to give to you. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that they don't care. They just can't at the moment or they can't the way that you want them to. So I think mm-hmm. having grace for yourself and that person. And then I feel like some we probably need to go ahead and start doing things for our own self-preservation. So if you know that it's coming up, it's this time of the month that you need to have a period pack with some snacks, some period essentials. Yeah, you mm-hmm. need to really be prepared because this is something you are going to have to deal with for the rest of your reproductive life. So it's up to you to really take that, you know, to take the lead on that and get what you, you know what you need and you know right. how you are. So you need to get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. If you need to cancel something, go ahead and cancel in advance. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to, I mean, I do day of cancels, girl. If you don't call me, ask me if you want, I'm not coming. So... <laughs> You need to have your snacks. If you need a sick day, sick day. And I think if you are a person who is working, you probably, if you, you know, people are weird. And if you have a manager, I would use metaphors to explain what's going on. Like, hey, I'm on, I have this health issue. Mm-hmm. And you kind of don't have to, exp- you know, devote that. That's an HR thing. But like, hey, I have it. And this is what it feels like. A Mack truck is running me over in my, you know, it's only, and it's targeting my uterus. Mm-hmm. And you know, like stuff like that, like giving people my metaphors bad. and not giving like clear, like, okay, it feels like the, you know, my uterus is really, really contracting. Like, girl, don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know that, you know, you just because people are really kind of like some mm-hmm. some people are simple and like they just they need to be wild, like, oh, that's what it is. Like, yeah, it is. Can I take the day yeah. off? 
Yeah. Like, yeah, take the cover off. Rip Mm -hmm. the band-aid. Yes. And I've experienced uh, both positions, like being someone who I like to be very self-sufficient and I don't really like to ask for help unless I really need to, which is kind of a bad habit, but we're working on it. Um, And just being the person where someone, you know, or one person or multiple people are trying to reach out to me for support. And it's like, I can only be stretched so far on top of the stuff that I already have. So I really think it's a good idea to, you know, like being able to reach out every now and again and just seeing, you know, and this is just, I feel like kind of like a basic friendship, like basic friendship one-on-one, just like reaching out and being like, are you okay? Are you good? And if you know something that's going on, like if your friend does have PMDD or something like that, just being like, how's it going? How are you feeling? How's God been blessing you? You know, just checking in on them and just seeing how things are like that because they might be the type of person where they're not going to scream and yell when they need help. So I really think it's a good system to have if both parties are kind of working in one in a team. But I know we're running out of time, so I'm going to make this last one really quick. Um, but Dinesha, so what is Speak Up, the program also associated with Save the Girl, Save the World, doing to raise awareness for PMDD and how can others get involved? So <laughs> recently I was able to co-write on a wonderful article with Arabia mm-hmm. for Speak Up's installment with BlackDoctor.org. Um that was my first time writing an article in a very long Y'all, time. when I tell you it was good, I felt like I was singing in front of Dinesha talking. I was like, I love this. And it was super informative in the way that you told your story, but continue, continue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it was a great first step in starting the discussion just because, like I said, it's not something, it's not a hot topic. You know what it's I mean? Not- You're not going to see this on Trade Room. You're not going to see this on the cover of People Magazine. Like people Mm-mm. just don't talk about it. And so us talking about it, you know, like that's what we're doing. We're talking, mm-hmm. we're starting a conversation. Starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we want you to do the same. We want you to read the article. We want you to do your research. We want you to survey yourself, survey your friends, survey your family and see what, you know, the commonalities are. Like ask questions, get understanding, learn. Mm-hmm. That's what we want you to do. Learn. Because you don't know what you don't know. So go mm-hmm. ahead and do your research. Amen. <laughs> but thank you guys again so much for joining me for today's episode and talking about premenstrual dysphoric disorder i've learned so much about myself and you all and hoping my listeners have learned something as well but before you all go why don't you share how my listeners can reach and follow you arabia you can start um so i am on instagram but i'm not a really big social media person <laughs> but my uh instagram thing is you know it's at arabia patterson and then yeah i have a twitter but don't hit me up on twitter because you know twitter is not the place for that but instagram is definitely it's mm-hmm. at arabia patterson <laughs> mm-hmm. um i would also like to throw in that speak up now has an instagram page yeah claps, claps claps so you can follow us at speak up underscore Saxaw, that's S-A-G-S-A-W on Instagram. And you can find me at D-Y-M as in money, O-N-D-B-6, the number one, the letter V as in voyage. Um, Because I'm from Nashville. Amen. 
Thank you guys again so much for joining me. And you guys already know, since this is a Save a Girl, Save a World installment, if you are interested in being a part of our organization, I implore you to reach out and go to our website. If you're interested in being a mentee, please see what's going on. Especially if you go to an HBCU, I highly encourage for you to apply. Or if you want to become a mentor, you can do that as well. And just be a part of the programs that we have going on. We have like She CEO, we have the Speak Up program, which helps with smoking prevention. So many resources that are available for you guys if you just do the research. But again, thank you both so much for joining me and thank you to my listeners for listening. And this is Perfect Timing.